about that time, about that time, about that time, yeah, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. And pick it up right where Kessler left off, it's Broome with the block. Auburn men, talking Auburn men's basketball. We missed you, the jungle is already in mid-season form. No frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Benny Johnson in transition. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys. Back-to-back losses for the Auburn Tigers. It's so sad. Um, Auburn lost to West Virginia 80-77 to today. Uh, I'm here with Ben Young, who's making his triumphant return to the podcast after being off for a little while and uh we've got Are we gonna call it triumphant when i gotta come at you guys bring me on to do a lost podcast come on <laughs> well the people are excited to hear from you ben. um so a lot to get into in this game uh i think you know obviously a two-game losing streak now that we'll kind of digest a little bit and we'll get into this game and kind of what happened and then we'll do a little bit of look ahead, right? Now, that that's the last non-conference game. There's 10 conference games left, a lot to play for. Um, Auburn has kind of put itself in a good position. Uh, but from metrics, record, um, opportunity to make them the big dance. And, you know, that's kind of what it's all about. So today, though, another flat first half, Ben. And, and defensively, the calling card of this team, they continue to let, you know, whether you call it let big time scores score big time against us or other players are just getting really hot against us. No matter how you slice it, that continues to be an issue. You know, what did you, let's talk about the bad first half before we get to the second half. Yeah. If I remember the first half breakdown correctly, uh, Eric Stevenson, who is, who was the guy tonight who really uh, torched us. He did did 18 points. He did the majority of his damage in the first half. And during our runs in the second half, when we made the game close, uh, containing him was a huge part of that. And where we kind of got away from it at the end was once again, losing sight of him on our defensive assignments. We were doing really well with the help defense. We were playing super aggressively, going hard at the ball. And West Virginia was finally able to take advantage of that to get him a couple of clean looks at the end of the game. Uh, he had a three-pointer when they were up 71-70 that was just brutal. Um, mm-hmm. We could kind of feel it coming. It was very much the dagger in the game that stretched it out to us really needing a miracle. But you want to talk about the tale of two halves. Uh, unlike the AM game, I really felt like in the second half of this game, we got to see uh, both the player intensity shine and the strength of our coaching adjustments and reasons to continue to believe in this staff. It was a completely different second half from the first half. We were dialed in defensively. We forced some really important turnovers. We made some tough baskets. We were able to stretch the floor. Uh, I feel overall better leaving this loss than I did leaving the AM loss, but still plenty to talk about. Yeah, man. Um, it was good to see. I think if you're looking for big takeaways, I, there's just been something missing. I don't know what it is. It's not basketball related. It's uh, that second half looked like a ticked off Bruce Pearl coached Auburn basketball team that had a little swagger that was upset that ha- looked to be a little more confident. We scored yeah. 48 points in the second half, Ben. This, in Auburn- this economy. <laughs> In this economy, scored 48 on the road, and there's tons of, um, you know, look, you can't go down 17 points or 16 points at halftime 
consistently and win games, especially on the road against a quad one opponent, which West Virginia is. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. We'll see how they do the last couple months in the rugged Big 12. But I just think it was really encouraging. This team has been frustrating to watch sometimes. I think let's just be honest. I think a lot of us have had our frustrations, even with the record being pretty good. Um, But it was just nice to see the fight. And it takes a lot to come back from down that much. And since you mentioned it, let's go ahead and jump into this key key sequence. So, well, hang on, just before we before we go into the breakdown, because I do want to say we are a fan podcast. Yeah. And so, uh, as the graphics guy, by the way, not a fun job after a loss. Um, <laughs> we're going to go with the ebbs and flows of this season, and we wanted to put some stuff out there after that nice five and zero run where it felt like we had an identity. Suddenly, we're six and one. We're right in the thick of the SEC race. That hey. We're still the defending SEC champions until somebody really knocks us out of it. Uh, and I would like to remind everyone, we're still in it. We, we won still, the SEC. We still control our own destiny in it. Not only do that's we, right. we still in it. We, so I know that sounds crazy. No one <laughs> thinks that's going to happen. But look, if we can beat Georgia, that's the halfway point of the SEC schedule. And you, you've got everything in front of you to try to prove why we should even belong in that discussion. And that's really all you can ask for. Bruce said this week. Um, you know, this is about as hard of a 10 or 12 game gauntlet that he's seen in a while that Auburn has to play. But he, he said, you know, this team hasn't been perfect, but they've put themselves in position to earn their way in, right? To, to get some key wins. Now, that's what hurts today, right? That's a big quad one road chance against a team that, quite frankly, isn't Tennessee or Alabama level as to this point in the season. And we almost stole it, Ben. We came so close to having a great come-from-behind, momentum-building, confidence-building victory. We hope they can still take some confidence out of it, but we'll see. And let's remember, too, that just like AM, West Virginia played a first half for the ages. They yeah. were over 50% from the floor. They were over 40% from three. Uh, and they cooled off in a big way. They really only had one guy that beat us from behind the arc, and that was Eric Stevenson. Um but both of them shot the lights out and that was what it took to really run away from this team. So <laughs> I think Jackson tweeted out about the midway point of the second half that uh, the sky is falling. The sky is not falling yet. Um, this is the way college basketball goes. And that's part of what makes it so exciting is you can have these games where in front of the right crowd in the right environment. I mean, I went going back and watching that first half, Stevenson found a spot on the floor where he knew his stroke and he got to it four times and every single time he was on that left side of the arc, mm-hmm. it was money. It was money. And guys can have nights like that in college basketball. And that's part of what makes it so special. So um, if this loss has you reeling, if, a, if an 0-2 streak after capturing the nation's longest winning streak and setting the program record for most weeks ranked in a row, if you feel like turning off, don't turn off yet. There's a, there's a lot of exciting basketball that's going to come. And uh, we have some amazing opportunities to get some quality teams. Well, great example today, too, at so many points. You're absolutely right. You know, uh, all of us in our group text were pretty much done. I never say the game's over just because I've seen in too many things. But so there was early in the first, late in the first half, we really uh, let that game get out of hand. And that looked really bad. Um, And then there was the point where we're down six with like a minute left. And everybody's like, oh, or no, less than that. And it was, oh, it's over. Well, we hit a three, we get a steal, and all of a sudden we have the ball back with a chance to tie the game. So you're right. Like, don't and, – and one of my big encouraging things, if you're going to be in the 
you know, Neville Reed on Wednesday for Georgia. Like this Georgia game is massive. It's a winnable huge home game. We need as many wins as we can gather. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe towards the end about, you know, maybe what we think we need um, moving ahead, but we've got to, we need to find a way to, to, eh, well, let me back up to, I did not, I thought we overreacted by playing zone to start this game. Uh, the zone helped us in the second half against AM. It slowed them down. It gave us some help against um, Tyrese Radford. I did not like starting in a matchup two, three zone to let Stevenson pick his spots and get hot. Now, I'm not saying the zones why that happened, but I personally still think this team at its core, at its best, is a really solid man-to-man team. And I just thought it was a little – I wouldn't have started with it. And we did – we mixed man and zone in this game, and I honestly I didn't think our staff really felt good about either for a lot of the game. So they were trying to figure out what would work. But personally, I didn't like that. I think it let him get a little warm. Um, and we – if we're going to play zone, you've got to play it right. And you can't – it wasn't just Stevenson. I know, you know, the rest of the team was two for ten from three. One of them was literally – the guy had five seconds to shoot a wide open three. Like nobody rotated over. We're just not as, yeah. we don't play zone all the time. So it can be used as a weapon. I just didn't like that we started with it. And again, another game where you go down pretty quickly in the first half and this team, I mean, they showed they could come back. That's one of Jackson's big takeaways. They, they showed that they could kind of rally from down 17 in the second half, but we just, we just didn't um, start well enough at all today. The the trickiest part for us early, if you want to get into a little bit of player breakdown, um, was Janai Broom early on. We got him some fantastic looks inside. He got some great one-on-one matchups. He was whiffing early on offense and on defense. He was getting cooked by Bell inside. Um, We've kind of known throughout the course of the season that Janai's offensive game is a little more evolved than his defensive game. Um, Or maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I should say I I was spoiled by watching Walker Kessler last year. But um, we we particularly in the second half saw some more of those elite offensive moves from Janai, his ability to finish his ability to find those one-on-ones um, check his hips in and get to the basket. He wasn't able to hit in early in this game. And that was what got us down. I think we were down eight within the first five minutes. Yep. Uh, and we were in a situation where only Jalen Williams for about the first seven minutes of this game and hit a basket. Mm-hmm. Um and we can, we're not going to win like that. I, I love that Jalen was shooting early. I love that he got himself to the line. But um, everything keys off of our ability to score inside. And we had half of that tonight with Jalen, but we were missing it with Janai in that first half. Yeah, it's a great point. And Janai was terrific in the second half. He really was. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He got in foul trouble in the first half. He, he You're right. And I've been a little more pro his, his on-ball defense one-on-one. I think he's a pretty good defender in the post. But even that, like, it wasn't looking good early. He was kind of, uh, he got beat to a few rebounds. It just wasn't a good half. He had zero points at halftime. And so he ended up with 15, 7, and 5, which is a testament to how good his second half was. We really played him. Cardwell had four fouls in the first half. So um, he didn't play uh, as much in the second half as he usually might. But you're right. I think Broom was a key for sure. Uh, first to and, second. You know, that, that's been, that was one of the crazy things too, is I, I thought we really got some quality minutes for Dylan from Dylan out of, out of this game. But the tricky part with going back and watching his play, the mistakes came at such key moments. Mm-hmm. Like you think about the end of that first half, that was kind of a defining moment for us as a team. We had the chance to 
get the last bucket, cut the lead from 13 to 11, go into halftime with a little bit of momentum. We turn the ball over, they get a bucket at the other end, and Dylan commits one of those head-scratching fouls at what could be like the worst possible time. And instead of being down 11, going in with momentum, we're now down 16. Not only that, it was, if I remember right, it was, because I, I texted that before the possession. I'm like, 31 seconds left in the game, or the half, 30, 30 seconds on the shot clock. We have got to be smart enough here to get the last shot, because not only do we get that last possession, we get the first possession to start the second half. So you're looking at an opportunity to, like you said, potentially, we had to have to score, but potentially get it to single digits coming out of the break rather than being down 16. It was a, there were just two or three key points in this game with massive five point swings. There was another one in the second half where Wendell misses a layup that he makes in his sleep to cut it to like, was it? Uh, to cut it to three. Three. Cut it to three. And, and he misses it and one similar to what you just said. Kind of a silly foul on him, on him, but it's a make and one. They make the free throw. West Virginia was 19 of their first 20 from the free throw line, by the way. That's a big part of this game. Um, it's just, I don't want that to overshadow. Maybe it makes our comeback more impressive, honestly, because we really dealt ourselves some massive blows with some mistakes. In a huge way, but I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from this, is that we as a team, it felt like we understood how we're going to make those comebacks which is not these massive 10, 12, 15-point runs that you see really good scoring teams do. But what we did was we would run six points, give up two. Seven points, give up three. Six points, give up another two. And slowly but surely, we're staying on that schedule that we need that you look up and you're only down five with five minutes to go. That is a lot of basketball to play. Well, and and we we got an and one. Um, you know, if we want to talk about my my system, which we're debating names for the MAGT <laughs> system with scoring, we mentioned in the last episode. Uh, basically, can you can you be down less than the amount of minutes left in the game? And it's a pretty good gauge to see if you're in the game or not. And we got all the way from down 17 early in the second half to. Uh, Katie got an and one with right under four minutes for the last TV timeout. He missed the free throw coming out that would have tied the game. But we're literally like we evened the game by the time that that race to the last TV timeout. That's hard to do. That's hard to come back from down seven. Impossibly hard to do on a team that played a first half the way they did and a team that scores the way we did. I looked up at one point and I think our our starting offense had seven points in the first half. Uh, I, I believe that was around the 11 minute mark was when I checked in on that number. And it was hard to believe because normally that's where all of our, our points are coming from, particularly now that Flanagan is starting. Um, I want to talk about Alan Flanagan a little bit yeah. and, and this new rotation that we have. Was was Chris Moore not fully healthy tonight? Was that your sense of, of his play? Uh, I think I, he has not looked right to me since he's come back from both his shoulder and his lip being busted open um he only played eight minutes and he i'm pretty sure exclusively only played behind Jalen again at the four yeah that looked like he was mostly at four yeah um so leor's get leor's continues to do a really nice job with those backup three minutes but uh yeah chris is chris doesn't look like he doesn't look like he he's not really bringing the things that we had come to really like that he was doing for the, the gritty tough rebounds, putbacks, make a couple threes. He was great from the free throw line. He's just been pretty quiet, you know? Yeah, and initially, like, looking at this set and looking at kind of what our twos look like now, um, it's been an interesting combination 
with Flanagan playing so much at, at the three for us, where normally he is kind of our facilitator and also our scorer in that second group. So much of the time, the ball is moving through Flanagan's hands, even when we have Trey as a backup point guard on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think losing that has kind of hurt us in a big way. He was such a fantastic sixth man, um, particularly when we could get him the matchups that we wanted uh, and and really, really clean looks from three. And it feels like having to having to move him into the starting lineup is doing us a disservice in a real way. We didn't get any Johan minutes tonight. Um, once again, we're without chance Westry minutes. Uh, Trey Donaldson was our only freshman that played. We got some quality minutes out of Trey tonight. But yeah. um, it feels like we've been forced into a rotation that maybe Bruce doesn't quite know what to do with. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I do think that you're right. We're If you're watching on YouTube, we're kind of looking at the box score. And when you look at those five that aren't starters, obviously they don't all play at the same time. But when you get three or four of those guys on the floor at the same time, it, it, and I, I kind of will text y'all and I'll say like, eh, like, can we hang in the game? Can we score with this lineup? That's usually the concern. And I will say in the second half, some of those backups did a very a trade deserves a lot of credit. He was a tough, uh, just really showed his toughness. You know, West Virginia, I think we do have to give them credit. Tough team. Huggins teams are just physically, they're men. Um, mm-hmm. They play really hard. And I think that honestly should make Auburn feel even better that they did it against that team. I'm not saying West Virginia is the most skilled team or the one of the best teams in the country, they are not fun to play against. And to mount that kind of comeback the way we did was good. At and home. At home. And the backups did a good job. I it is, I do think it's something to track because you're right. Um, last year it was Wendell Green coming off the bench as kind of a spark plug offensively. He would come in pretty early, but you're still getting him like starting a little later. So, but I don't see a world where Chris Moore reclaims that starting three position or Leor. They're not going to start Leor. So they're, they're definitely not going to start Leor. So here's an interesting stat from the game. Um, we had four players in double figures. Katie Johnson got to 10. Uh, Jalen led the way with 18. Janai was second with 15. Uh, Flanagan had 13 tonight. And uh, West Virginia had one player wow. in double figures. Wow. Eric Stevenson eating our lunch. They did get 20 points off the bench. Toussaint was huge. For them, he had some big-time three-pointers. Uh, no, he had a big-time three-pointer, but he was four or four from the line, yep. which really mattered. Jeez, yeah, their bench, uh, eight of nine from the line, and their starters were uh, almost as good. They finished 21 of 25, 84% yep. overall. We hit my magic number uh, at the beginning of the season. If you remember, I said we'd be unbeatable at between 70 and 75%. Well, we hit 72%, and uh, we lost this one. So, But it and took... It took a steal. Maybe we can talk about the star scoring, right? Like yeah. another another game. And and really, I, I was a little defensive against that only because, I mean, I, I know our staff is like, we're obviously focusing on Tyrese Radford and Stevenson, right? Like we're game planning for those guys. They're the best players on these teams. And sometimes, like Radford, I, I don't know what your thoughts were on the AM game. I thought Radford just was amazing. Like I didn't really feel like our defense could have done – I mean, other than try to stay in front of him, but nobody apparently on our team could stay in front of him driving, and he was hitting those threes. Uh, tonight, I feel like we did do we, – we made a few mistakes that let Stevenson get going, but still you kind of got to tip your hat, man, like seven for ten from three, and he closed the game at the line. He, he was just – he was a great leader out there. He played all but two minutes of the whole game. Like, this is a great player, and, you know, he's a guy we were familiar with at South Carolina that honestly – 
Auburn was either interested in or he was interested in Auburn, but he d- didn't end up being on this team, obviously. And he made us pay tonight. Yeah. And he, he got hot. He worked hard. You know, it wasn't just the points. He was crashing the boards. He had a couple of really fantastic assists. He had what would have been a really great assist where he was fouled by Chris Moore um, early in the game where he was looking to give it back. Um, and there were a couple of times where he he got the matchup he wanted, where he was one-on-one with Wendell Green, and he absolutely cooked him. Um, Wendell's not a bad defender, but there's only so much Wendell can do against a guy that's got almost six inches of height on him. And one of the places where we were, it was really critical for us and where I think we're missing Chance Westry the most is some of those backup two minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, Katie Johnson's an animal out there. And tonight we got a vintage Katie Johnson show in that second half. Yep. He had an, he had another miserable first half. We thought we were on our way to a, a Katie Johnson disappearing act, but credit to him. Uh, he put his head down in that second half. He worked hard. He he still had some key mistakes. I still think we, he was probably a net negative overall for the team, but where I saw the, the worst part of his game was losing track of Stevenson uh, when he was trying to give help defense. And that led to his late second half open looks. We kind of had a recipe for shutting him down, which was put somebody in his hip pocket and when it was Zepp Jasper, he didn't score. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it was Katie Johnson, Katie was so eager to right. make the flash plays, which he did a couple of times, that we wound up paying for it with a wide-open guy behind the arc. Yeah, really interesting. You know, at, at that position more than any position, it really feels like Bruce goes with whoever he feels like he needs at the end of the game. And tonight it was KD. And, and I do think KD was tremendously important in our comeback. Um, he really made a few plays offensively. His defense was mostly good, but you're right. Um, and again, we keep coming back. This team's margin for error is just Razor thin. big. And, you know, against quality teams, the, some of these, most of the teams we're going to play the rest of the way, you just, we, we you're going to, nobody's going to play a perfect game. Auburn's not going to play, but there's just these, um, there's just these little opportunities, the window layup, these the end of the first half sequence that was just killer um how about uh, i do want to mention jalen's my guy seven for 11 18 points he was good we forced the ball to him like i wanted the coaching staff to we ran a lot of action for him getting him inside but that he's going to be kicking himself on two two things right the first one huge momentum swing in the game we're down uh yeah, we're down one. No, we're down two. No, we're down seventy to seventy-two when he's when he gets fouled yeah. inside and he goes to the line. Gets a guy in the air. It's the perfect fundamental play. It's right there. He he, I think he shocked himself that he missed the, the basically a layup. It's through contact. It's not the easiest thing, but for him, and he almost fell down. He was so frustrated. He's like, yeah, that was. I've made tougher shots all night than this. So not only that, he goes to the so it could have been and one for a three-point play to take the lead. Instead, he misses the first free throw pretty badly. You know, I'm sure he's still frustrated. Makes the second. But that was right before the Stevenson three. So, again, yep. instead of being a two-point – Up did, one. Uh, we're, we're down two if he makes that three, and it's game on. But we're down four, and then from that point on, we were chasing the last two minutes. And we know how this works in college basketball. You're, you're kind of jockeying for that lead position. And that was a huge play. And then, also, I was really fascinated – we hit that three. I forget who made it. I think Jalen made it to make a three-point game. Then we got a steal. KD forced a steal, so we didn't even have to foul. We got the ball with 26 seconds down three. And I'm like, man, where is Bruce going to go? We haven't had many of these situations this year. He forced a three to Jalen. 
and Jalen just missed it. It wasn't a terrible look. It wasn't a terrible shot. He didn't make it. So Jalen, I know, even though he led the team in scoring and had a really good game, you know, those are those moments like, you know, that we need those winning plays. Yeah, it was it was death by a thousand cuts uh, at the very beginning of the game and then at the very end of the game. And, uh, you know, there's some good takeaways. Overall, we we hit our free throws when we needed to. We had a couple of key moments where they really hurt to not yeah. make those shots. But um, overall, our execution down towards the end of the game was so fantastic, was. especially in contrast to the beginning of the game. We had some crazy errant passes, like like Memphis-level bad passes. We had Katie trying to hit Dylan uh, in the lane as he was going towards the basket. It was just a whiff. We had Wendell miss uh, a lob to Dylan. He connected on one early and missed the second one. Uh, we had a Chris Moore pass that I have no idea where it was going. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, again, you just talk about like the bonehead plays can happen and you can survive them. It's about when they happen and what the situation is around them. And it felt like tonight there were so many instances where uh, we had those mistakes at just the wrong moment. Wrong but there was something there was something really fantastic said in the broadcast that um, it was one of Bruce Pearl's former players at Tennessee that was uh, calling this game. And he said something Bruce preached over and over and over and over again is do not let your offensive uh, uh, ability impact your defensive intensity. And that to me was the biggest takeaway, particularly in that second half, we were still struggling offensively. We had a lot of opportunities to make the game closer than we did. Um, and even when they came back and hit one in our face that broke up the run, we didn't stop. We didn't stop believing. We didn't stop working. Great point. Um, and, and he's always been big on that. And I, I totally agree with you. Um, I actually think, you know, look, it's no mystery. You know, sometimes we can complicate things with all these stats. You know what we did in the second half? We shot the ball better. We got better looks, probably because our offense was in front of the staff on their side of the court, which that that seems to be happening a lot. And we we eventually won the rebounding battle we were losing in the first half we rebounded better and we we almost won the turnover battle after being way behind in the first half like you mentioned so again the formula for this team is not overly complicated we have to play really good defense we know that we've got to play better defense than we've played at times and that doesn't mean people aren't going to make shots but we've got to be solid defensively we've got to take care of the ball better because we don't have a team that can outscore tons of turnovers and we've got to hold our own or use the the rebounding to our advantage. And I think it's no coincidence that we do those three things and we made some more shots and got a little more confident on the offensive end. And we've had a huge swing where we could have come back from down 17. to one. Yeah. And we did some interesting things today that I, I, I want to see us do more of. Um, we, we got Lior out there on the floor and we ran that swing play to the corner that we have run for Johan so many times. Um, it was Lior's only points of the night. Uh, we got 10 minutes out of Lior Berman, but they were actually really quality defensive minutes because a lot of teams seem to think that they're going to go at Lior Berman. And he just stays in front of them. And he says, yeah, listen, if you want to pull up and try to hit a shot, do it, but yep. you're going to do it from an uncomfortable distance. And that's all you can ask of a player. Which is like how this. I want us to play. So I, I totally, Leor is playing great defensively, the kind of perimeter defense I want to see. And we keep having this interesting set where when Wendell finally goes off the floor and we bring Trey in for some backup point guard minutes, Trey played 11 minutes tonight. So hats off to Wendell for uh, sticking it out there and really giving us a lot of effort tonight. Um, the ball moves through Flanagan's hands too much. I think we need to put a little bit more trust 
uh, in Trey's ability as a point guard. It was nice to see him out there as a scorer, but yeah. it feels like when we get into that flex, we flex the ball into Flanagan and let him be the one who makes the decisions on, do I have an ISO or do I need to drive and try to find somebody outside? And it just doesn't seem like that's a good recipe for us. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, you know, again, for where we were a few weeks ago, Flanagan is just playing a lot better, right? I, I actually, oh, yeah. I oh, thought yeah. the first half, he was one of the very few bright spots. Um, not, he wasn't like, his best self, but he was scoring. He was being pretty aggressive. He seemed like he was defending okay. Um, and he had, you know, ultimately four for five at the line is really good for him, but he did have those four turnovers. Him and Wendell, you know, I and I, I do want to talk a little more about Wendell at some point because it was just another one of those games where you're just like, ah, is he too small? I hate we, – we keep asking this question, but teams are really starting to figure out what bothers him. And it's so not just, here's the thing about Wendell. Just the pedge though, right? It have you noticed like they're defending him? They they know our everybody knows everybody's actions at this point in the year because it's all on film. Yeah. You know, you're so yeah. that's part of the grind. But you remember the second half of SEC last year that like he just wasn't nearly as effective. And it really I love Wendell. I I think he's a baller. I think he he does so many good things, but he just wasn't good enough. And I think he would say he wasn't good enough. He was two for 10 he had four turnovers. I think all those were in the first half. So again, as Wendell goes, our team seems to go. And I just worry against these big guards. Is it going to work? Very much so. And, you know, Wendell will be probably the first to say he needs to shoot better. He got, uh, despite being the littlest guy out there, he got some clean looks. He did. Uh, yeah. Despite being the littlest guy out there, we saw him running around that floor and chasing Stevenson around. Stevenson yep. only really had three clean looks of his 10 three-pointers that he took tonight. Most of them were contested. So, you know, at least give Wendell that much that he was able to get a hand in the guy's face. The tricky part about our offense with Wendell as the main guy is that when people trap him, you don't have to trap him in the traditional way where you have two guys directly on top of him. Uh, A&M did that a good bit, but we saw West Virginia tonight almost be in a 2-3 going towards him where they just had a second guy who was just a few feet back filling that passing lane with a big body and taking away his vision. Almost like a face guard, but you know from 10 feet away. And when you don't have a lot of guys that are cutting back away from from the basket towards Wendell, you're really limiting his ability to pass. And the biggest problem that I have noticed is not so much the way that teams play him as much as it is what happens to us and what we make teams respect early. When Janai cannot score inside on the one-on-ones, people don't feel as inclined to help. Yep. You know, Janai, you put him one-on-one -on -one with just about anybody, even Colin Castleton. He's got moves that he can get inside and get a look that he wants. But if the shots aren't falling... They're going to say, all right, we're going to let him get one-on-one. -on -one, and we're going to assume that 50% of the time, just because you know, he's not going to do it, he's not going to make that shot. And we're going to live with that and we're going to die with that. And so when people aren't helping to other players on our team, Wendell doesn't have the space to cut. He doesn't have the space to move in and draw help away from other players where he can dish. I mean, that was the amazing thing about South Carolina. Is we started hitting inside so early on South Carolina that anytime Wendell drew more than one person, there was somebody that was wide open and he found them every single time. Yeah. And he wasn't able to do that tonight. And I'm glad you mentioned that game. Cause I don't care how bad South Carolina is. He was just dominant. I mean, it was, it was really an unreal performance and we've seen Wendell do these amazing, have these amazing games. And I do think you're right. I think people are playing him a little differently. 
And the thing with Bruce's offense, the point guard has always been so ball dominant. Like it's always been that way. It's been that way as long as I can remember. And I do think it limits a lot of our options. Like I think, but honestly, you know, we're doing way more inside stuff than we've ever done. I mean, we, we won points in the oh, paint yeah. 42 to 24. That's crazy. Thank you, Jalen. Thank you, Jalen Williams. And boom. I mean, Jalen, yeah. Jalen's, Jalen's cutting action from the wing was phenomenal. Yep. You could just see he knew when to get to his spot and we knew how to find him. And we weren't able to do it as much early because typically what we're doing in the early game is trying to establish Janai. And the problem that we had was Janai took two crappy fouls early, only one of which was a real foul. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are we ready for Jackson's moment where we shit all over this officiating? It was so <laughs> yeah. bad tonight. It was so we, bad tonight. I, I always feel like it's really bad if I'm complaining. Like I, cause I really try not to, and I was living, I was living, I was in a Buffalo Wild Wings in North Carolina <laughs> and I was losing my mind because there was like, weird there were jump balls that weren't called there were weird like 50 it seemed like every 50 50 call while we were trying to come back just didn't go our way there was a review that they got called a, a foul on leor berman yeah, they called a foul on leor berman that was a jump ball got the ball right there there were just so many oh. there were some weird but again you're on the road you know some of that happened it's just I, yeah, yeah, obviously a good coach, a good coach like Bruce Pearl is going to tell you, don't be in a position to let the refs hand you the game. So we won't talk too much about the refs, but there was some questionable officiating tonight. Um, but speaking to your point about Bruce's ball dominant point guard, I, I want us to start trusting Trey Donaldson in that role. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's ready. I think he showed that tonight with his ability to get open, hit some shots. He had two really fantastic plays where he drove into the lane and created a shot for himself in the way that we've seen Wendell do so many times. Um, and that's what we need from that second team threat. I don't think Flanagan gives it to us as much, be- partially because Flanagan is a cerebral player. And when you see him at the top of the key, uh, flex into his ball handling position, he's reading the floor. And so that slows the game down into our half court. He's trying to see where guys are lining up, who's going to be open when he makes the drive on the cut, or is he getting a one-on-one look to try to go to the basket? And I just, I think Trey gives us a little bit more of, of a dynamic instinctual player at the point. The thing that we need from Wendell when he's playing at his best. Um, we've seen pretty much all year, offensively, we're not a great half-court team. You have thoughts? No, I agree. Um, well, <laughs> we're not we're not great in the half-court. I don't, um, I, I think you're onto something, though. I think the reason, and I was so happy with Trey, um, if teams are going to be up in our junk trying to force turnovers at the point guard position specifically, uh, you have to expose that and drive. And and he got to a really every, he was three for four. Every one of his shots tonight was under control. It was really smart basketball. And Wendell is just a little smaller and it's a little harder for him to find that mid-range game. And quite frankly, the scouting report, I think, on Auburn is take away Wendell Green. And yep. if, if Wendell Green doesn't play well, this Auburn team is going to struggle to beat you. Um, so he's getting a lot of that attention. But you're right. Like, that's what we need. And for it's different for Flanagan, like you said, because people are fine if Flanagan takes threes. Like, right now, I know he's hit more lately. Teams are not worried about Alan Flanagan jacking up from three. Now, maybe they will later in the season if he starts continuing to make more, but they would rather give up that three to Flanagan. They're not going to play him as aggressively on the perimeter as they are Wendell and, and Trey. 
Yeah, and again, like Flanagan, when Flanagan's making his own shot, it is it is driving. It is using his athleticism. It's using the big body that he has that so many of our other players don't have. Um, you know, him as a spot-up shooter in the way that KD will try to be, you know, the dribble between your legs a thousand times where we all go, all right, shot's coming, <laughs> get ready for it. That's not his strength. His his strength is, is our one remaining flying tiger that we still have on this team. A lineup that we haven't gotten yet because we're starting to, particularly with the Chris Moore injury, when the twos come in is leave one of our starters out there. Sometimes yeah. it's Janai, uh, sometimes it's Zep. Jaylen. But we haven't, yeah, uh, sometimes it's Jalen and sometimes it's Wendell. But one of the things that we haven't done yet is slide Wendell over to the two and bring Trey Donaldson in as a point guard. Sure. And if there's an adjustment that I would love to see over the next couple of weeks, I think it's that. I think it's take the ball out of Wendell's hands at the start of the, at the start of the play, let him move around, let him cut, maybe find him a little later in the flex when you can get him into a one-on-one rather than having him bring the ball up the floor and see what happens. That would be interesting. I think what we and there are fair arguments to be made. There's a lot of people mad that Bruce is playing ten guys at this point. Um, I'm not. I think that's who Bruce is. But I can understand. I can understand the argument though. No, I, I can't. If you're making that argument, you're you're a bad fan. <laughs> well, but but here's my thought. Okay, because here's what playing ten guys at this point in the season does to you. Because okay, let's say we want to do your experiment here. Like okay, for just a little bit, we're gonna play some Trey Wendell combo here. That will cut into either or both Zep and KD's minutes, which some people would say, we don't want KD to play anyway. Well, good luck. He's going to play. And then I I really, I, Zep has like the most lame box score in the history of the world in this game. But if you watch. Oh, game, man, was he crucial? If you watch the game and if you've watched him really the last two games, that defending is so valuable on a team that has to have that defensive identity. It's really a quandary for Bruce. It really is. Yeah, because if you want to know where Eric Stevenson went for about 10 minutes of that second half, the answer is Zeb Jasper put him in a box. So That's what happened. So so Jackson, what Jackson wants for everybody, who I know is dying to know Jackson's uh, coaching (laughs) coaching adjustments, even though he's not on the pod, is um, he wants Johan minutes back, which is odd. I will say he had like a good, decent game, and then – they decided to play, and here's what it is. Again, another example of the 10-man rotation sometimes limiting you. I think Bruce was intentionally like, no, we are not cutting Leor out of this rotation. He is playing too well. He's doing too many good things. Leor's getting the minutes. Chris Moore's back. He's going to play behind Jalen, and Johan can sit. Um, Jackson wants Johan minutes back, which would move Chris Moore to three. He wants Leor to back up Zepp. And he wants either less or no KD minutes, which KD has been really bad for a second team all SEC player this year. I keep forgetting he was voted second team all SEC. Um, but tonight, today was the first time I personally, you, you said you thought he might have still been more of a negative. I, I kind of disagree. I think the, the, it, he made some, he made the KD plays in the second half. Like, and yeah, there's going to be some frustration and a missed free throw that could have tied the game and stuff like that. But I still think we don't think, make that comeback without him as much. I think all three of his steals were in the second half, right? They were. Yeah, all three of his steals were in the second half. The majority of his points were in the second half, for sure. Um, and I believe both of his turnovers were in the first half. I know that first one to Dylan was, because yep. that felt like kind of a crucial moment that sparked West Virginia getting it back to 14-point lead. Um 
so yeah, I, I think that's a little bit unrealistic because we know that Bruce is loyal to his guys. Yep. And yeah, it, tonight was one of those reminders that KD can still be a huge asset when no one else can, particularly yep. coming off the bench. He can be such a spark um, in terms of creating plays and, and creating that dynamic breakaway. But I think we're, it's, it's hard to say. Cause again, we just played two teams that, that shot the freaking lights out and shot better than they have all year. We know West Virginia is surging um, and that A&M is a good team, but A&M was not as good as they played against us. Correct. I think you're going to see that down the stretch, but um, so it, it's dangerous to overreact too much to these two games. Although yep. they were for NCAA tournament seating, they were crucial games, but it, let's just go ahead and tell everybody at home, give up dreams of a five seed. Unless we go on a magical run and win the SEC tournament, we're looking at six, seven, eight, well, possibly nine. It, uh, let's 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 maybe use that as a springboard, right? Because okay. the, the seating is totally. I think a lot of people were shocked that we were we were up to a five, you know, last week, and we really haven't done a whole lot to earn it, other than have a good record, and we beat. Well, a couple well, well, hang on, let, let, but let's talk about the importance of beating teams that you're supposed to beat. Because here's yeah. the thing. We were not supposed to beat West Virginia. The line at tip was three and a half points. Sure. We were predicted to lose this game in part because we lost the last one. But also you got to remember West Virginia quad one team They're despite their record commentators all over the internet and it, uh, the commentators for this game, we're talking about them as a tournament team. Because of the big 12, I look, yeah. I don't know how, I don't even know. Do you know who won the big 12 SEC thing today? Big 12. I want to say big 12 won it six, six to six to four, but it's hard to say because there were some upsets. But look, for sure, if the Big 12 is has a ton of good teams, and if you and I kind of text y'all this before, like you know, you always got to look at the record, right? Um, West Virginia has had a lot of close losses to a lot of top 10 teams and good teams, like they they were definitely not as bad as what their record indicated, and I think the metrics proved that out. And they they are they are on the bubble, and this win they got today will, will help them, you know, moving forward. But so okay, for, for Auburn, though. You're right. The seeding, people don't need to worry about seeding. Okay. Like, just let it be. Like, this, this team <laughs> is what it is. But uh, look, we could be a five seed. It's just going to take beating some It's going to take winning the SEC tournament. No, no, no. If we were to beat, if we were to go like, if we were to go five and five down the stretch or six and four, and, and we beat Alabama and we beat Tennessee, you don't think we would? We would actually have good wins, and it was. I, really... It's not that I don't think we have good wins. I think it's just that there are going to be a lot of teams that are in that mix. Um, yeah. There's there's a ton of parity in college basketball this year. The Big Twelve is is just the first example. Um, the, the ACC is is a mess right now. Clemson's actually on top of the ACC. Yeah. You go over and look at the Pac-12. UCLA inherited the nation's longest winning streak from us, and immediately lost it the next night. It's a curse. <laughs> it's a curse, Ben. I mean, look, I I tried to post this on our Twitter. I said, listen, the the, the best part is now we get to start a new streak. Yep. Um, streaks are made to be broken. And if last year taught us anything, it's that there's almost more pressure trying to maintain success than there is just being like, all right, can we get hot at the right time? Can we figure out some of the things that we need to figure out? So uh, I'm looking here and the, the Big 12 did in fact win the SEC Big 12 Challenge 6-4. to four. West Virginia defeated Auburn. Uh, let me scroll down here. Baylor defeated Arkansas, Kansas State beat Florida, Kansas beat Kentucky, and the big win of the night, ladies and gentlemen, Oklahoma, lowly, lowly Oklahoma 
by 24 points beat the number two Alabama Crimson Tide on their home court. Yeah, if, if you don't believe in the the wildness of college basketball, you know, um, that is that it like it can happen. And and again, for for us Auburn fans, just nice to see Alabama struggle two straight games. You know, they they held on at home to beat Mississippi State, who's you know one and nine in their last ten games or something, and then they go get housed by an unranked Oklahoma team. The Big Twelve's really good. Okay, There's they're, a bunch they're very good this year. Um, and speaking of just how good they are, you know, TCU, a team that went in and beat Kansas on their home court and then lost on the road at this West Virginia team, uh, lost in overtime to Mississippi State. Wow. Yeah. So there's uh, the transitive property just does not work in college basketball. You play too many games. There's too much home court advantage. Um, there's too much difficulty in just trying to figure out how you match up well. It's not like the NBA where you know you're going to play a certain number of opponents a certain number of times, and you have some time to kind of figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, college basketball is a mess. That's part of why they call it March Madness, and it's why we love it. Yeah. If uh, Just following up the – oh, wow. So um, the, the two – there's four SEC teams that didn't play in that challenge. They played each other. So now after today, the standings are even. Everybody's played eight games. Georgia, oh. Georgia beat South Carolina and at home by three, close game. And then Vanderbilt goes into A&M. It's a, it's a big road win. And Vanderbilt – or wait, they're up two minutes. There's two minutes left. No, there's yeah, – there's... Wait, I, I might have to we have to end the pot early so we can turn that one on. <laughs> that's that's a that would be a big win for Vanderbilt for sure. Um, if you're an, if you're an Auburn fan in Nashville, go to that game. We're gonna need you. Hey, I'm gonna be there, man. Let's let's bring the bring the army. So our next opponent. So just let's let's recap. Auburn is now is still six and two in the league, right? Didn't count today. Yeah, sixteen and five overall. Things are rosy. Obviously, the depressing piece of this is our declining metric numbers because of our losses this week and the schedule 10 sec games left the next one and we talked before we start recording right like if you're an auburn fan like me who i just want to be in the dance as somebody who grew up and auburn wasn't in the tournament for like 15 years just get me in i want to be in really bad we're not there yet i think there's a temptation for people who maybe don't follow it like we are not good like, like we've got to win more games. So we're, um, I think we need, I think four does it personally. I, I think 10 and eight in this league with our metrics gets us in without needing anything else. Maybe two or three, if we did something in the SEC tournament, depending on who we beat. Um, uh, do you think, you think that number might be a little higher, right? I think you lean more towards. I, I think, I think we need, I think we need to split. I think five and five. Ooh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It, it it's a it's a big time challenge, but I think I think five and five means we can have an early out in the SEC tournament and not have to worry about it as much. Um, it, it's just I crazy. Think, it's crazy with this team. I know we've had an easier front end. Isn't it wild that we're fourth place by ourselves and we're we technically control our own destiny in the league? We're by ourselves in that double buy spot in fourth place. We're ahead of Kentucky. We're ahead. I mean, we're in a really good spot. But like, here's the next ten. So buckle up, you know, like Georgia at home. Why is this one so important? Well, let's go the next. The next uh, two are at Tennessee, which they are playing phenomenally right now, and at A&M, who we just saw was a bit of a matchup problem. Then we host Alabama, 
Then we host Missouri, who's better than you think if you haven't watched them. Then we go to Vanderbilt. Missouri upset Iowa State tonight. Yeah, and then we go to Vanderbilt, who has been scrappy and dangerous for sure, especially in league play. If they win this, they'll be 4-4. Four and four. Um, Then we host Ole Miss, and then it's at Kentucky, at Alabama, Tennessee at home. I mean, that's why everybody's nervous, right? Like that, It's a Brutal. daunting schedule. Um, and one of the reasons to have some hope is the second half of this game that you saw tonight. Um, you know, we've talked about all year. I, I think this is our first time mounting any sort of double digit comeback to yes. bring a game that was that far gone within reasonable distance. The, the USC game, I don't believe ever got above eight or nine before we tried to push and make it close. The Memphis game, I, I think they were up by 10 at one point, And then we never really got closer than six or yeah. eight. It was six with like three minutes left. That's as close as we got. Yeah. 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 So we saw some things tonight. We, we found a new way to lose, but I also think very much we found a new way to win. Um, and that was settling in, not shooting ourselves out of the game, and really, really getting in there and playing lockdown defense. Um, one of the things that we're missing from our freshmen that we really need is that defensive length, but we don't need it all the time. We got a ton of it out of Zep, and we got a fair amount out of it out of KD. I think if we're not down 16, I think if we're only down 11 at halftime, I think we win. I really think we win this game. I agree. And, and, and so many things in the second half that could have, and look, you and I were texting, like we didn't catch breaks. I mean, there might've been one or Stevenson dribbled it off his leg once. And like, we had some weird things, but it, it felt like all these, it, it was really an impressive comeback because a lot of times when you have a big comeback like that, you get some help, you know, somebody fouls out, somebody gets a technical, so, you know, like weird stuff happens we had to like almost fight against these 50, 50, like bad luck calls a lot of this yeah. game. So you're right. Like I just want to see, I'm fine. If we lose, I'm not even as worked up about Radford and Stevenson scoring 30. Cause I think they were just really good players that I wish we had somebody who could kind of do that for us. And we just don't. Um, but here's what we can't have happen. We can't, I want to see some of that energy and that passion we, we, we need to see it not down 16, right? Like yes. we, we, we need to be the aggressor. We need to be the team that's hungry. Bruce's teams have always been like that. And I can't put my finger on it. I've just felt like something's off all year. I don't know what it is, but second half was like, maybe we're making too much of it. I hope not. I hope it leads to some really good things. It just felt like more like our guys. Like Janai was great and communicating and challenging each other. They were it, it just felt like a little more cohesive and pissed off. I felt like they were pissed off at the way this mm -hmm. season and this game was going. And they did something about it against a really tough team to come back on. And you just got to hope at this Georgia game, y'all, I do not want to get swept it's by huge. Georgia. I, we, it's huge. We lost to them. Mike White has had Bruce's number. We're coming back to Neville Arena. We desperately need a win. We just went over the schedule. You do not want to lose this Georgia game and travel to Knoxville and College Station and be potentially scared of a five, six game losing streak. Huge, huge, huge game. And now I hate how much pressure as a fan I'm going to feel Wednesday night. I just, we've got to find a way to beat Georgia, Ben. We've got to do it. I think we can. I mean, the, the, the loss to Georgia really felt self inflicted. We, for the first time in a while, got really far away from our identity. Um, you know, USC had some fantastic players that Georgia did not have. 
Memphis had a fantastic guard that Georgia did not have. Georgia did uh, have part of the recipe for beating us. Aquendo is pretty good. He's he's pretty good. I don't think he's the best guard that we played. He scored the fewest. Uh, all, every time we've we've taken a loss this season, an opposing team's guard has gone for twenty five plus. He went for twenty six. Um, but the thing that really killed us in that game was uh, I don't think Janai was healthy. Still, there was a lot of talk about uh, a, a toe injury that he'd accrued at that time. That it seemed like it wasn't really until that Mississippi State game he finally got over it, um, and became a double digit mach- uh, double double machine for a bit. But um, yeah, it's just, it's huge. It's huge for momentum. It's huge for where we're at. And it's huge for defining the season. Are we a team that gets swept by Georgia? Or are we a team that wins the games that we're supposed to win? And frankly, I don't care that we lost the streak. We're supposed to win at home. Yes. And and it's quad two and Georgia is better than they have been in recent years. We played really bad in that Georgia game. And it, you know, you heard it if you yeah. listen to our pod with Jackson and I, we were we were rethinking all of our, it, it, it caused us to go to some dark places, but we still were down like four with like two minutes left. I mean, we were in that game in Athens. It's got to be a bounce back game. And, and you're right. Like you just have to hope that they stay together, that they found, hopefully this is, I hope, I'm sure Bruce went in there and told them after they like, Hey, we can work with that. That second half, we can live with that. Like, even if we lose game, if we play like that, and if we take some of those positives, we can do that. So massive game, you know, be ready for the pot on Wednesday. It'll be, uh, hopefully we, we got spoiled last year, man. And a lot of this year with a lot of wins, we still have the, we're still the most winningest team in the league the last five or six years, whatever it is. Um, but Hey, we want more. We're selfish. We want to, and for me now, Yes, we're in the race. We, we're in the race for everything, but we'll see. We're going to have to beat some good teams for me to really believe that we're there. But, hey, making the tournament back-to-back years is a big deal. And I think that's personally what I'm starting to pivot towards. Yeah, everything's still in front of us. Um, we've got a lot of basketball left to play, and a new streak at Neville Arena starts Wednesday night. Let's Be do there it. or watch on television, cheer loud. Yeah, absolutely. We don't like Georgia. Let's beat them. Ben? Thank you for doing this, man. Good to have you back on the pod. Appreciate all you're doing with the graphics and uh, all that. I've had multiple friends, you know, reach out to me and be like, dude, what are y'all doing? With Like y'all are actually doing something cool on social. No offense, Jackson. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Ben, Ben's doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I, Appreciate all he's doing. I know. I'll see you all. I'll see you all on the pod next non-conference season. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, Jackson's, Jack, Jackson's, uh, shooting percentage in some of these weekends is uh is, is down with our three-point percentage on offense sometimes so we'll see i think you'll be oh, yeah. don't don't be like don't be like jackson ladies and gentlemen don't leave the stadium early don't turn the game off early <laughs> we're gonna watch all the way through i think we'll be hearing from you again before the year's over anyway appreciate it right, sounds good man war eagle war eagle everybody